The Steve Warren Project. Sports and whatever. All right, you. Welcome to the SWP. It's the Steve Warren Project. The Sports and Whatever Podcast. Whatever the hell it's called, we're here every single weekday. Steve Warren, along with Jim Jerome. NFL Monday Nighter, a blowout as an insanely windy frozen tundra in Buffalo. Leafs lose Mitch Marner. The new catchphrase in Vancouver among Canuck fans. Bruce, there it is. All still ahead here today on the SWP. James, how are things? Uh, good. Yeah, love Boudreaux. Hey, I forgot how down to earth that guy was and, and funny. Uh, I was watching a bunch of clips last Likes night. Likes a good F-bomb, that one. Speaking of, as they as they clip, uh, as they clip uh, their opponent, I think someone asked him about, how did you feel when you got on the ice? You know, he said, oh, I just about puked. <laughs> <laughs> he does, doesn't look like he's in great shape. You know? Oh, he's not. Uh, and, you know, Rusty, maybe, I, I wonder if Bergevin there might be the GM. Remember, remember Russ Courtney will start a float in this thing. They're teasing us with there might be news out of Montreal. Bergevin's gone. Russ is a really good friend of the owners. Um, when we recorded yesterday with Russ, he sort of he sort of slipped it in there, Stevie, when I'd asked, are you talking to the owner? And he said, yeah, I'm kind of helping them. Hey, do you remember that? Huh? I do remember that. What's up yeah, for that? You know, he seems to be yeah, uh, the Aquilinis. He seems to be... Uh, Fairly tight with them, so yeah, maybe he uh, maybe knows something, maybe something up his sleeve. Not sure. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. Well, certainly good. To, I, I love love Boudreaux. Anyway, he's got some personality. Well, you remember yeah. the, the from That's a few years ago when they were doing those documentaries on NHL teams, following them around those twenty four seven things. Oh yes, uh, yeah, yeah. Absolutely yeah. fantastic. Here's a clip of it, Bruce Boudreaux, when his Washington Capitals at the time. They're down by one goal in a game, and this is what he had to say to the troops in the second intermission. Look it, I have never seen a bunch of guys look so fucking down when something bad happens. What are you guys, like prima donna perfect, that if you can't fucking handle adversity, so shit's not going right. It's not fucking working the last 10 days. Fucking get your heads out of your ass and fucking make it work by outworking the opposition. You kill two fucking men, and then we stand around and, and watch it and, while they, they fucking score here. Yeah. So likes a good F-bomb, that one, Bruce Boudreaux does. Yeah. And certainly, uh, he's already embraced in, in Vancouver, largely because he's just the new guy. That's usually, that's very right. often the strength of a new head coach, is that you're not the old guy, that you're not Travis Green. And it, and it represents kind of a turning of the page, a freshening of things. And, uh, yeah, the Canucks go out and win their opener, the first game for Bruce Boudreaux, a 4-0 victory over the L.A. Kings. And this there's an art, there's a whole mess of fans at the games. Here in Ottawa, they, they used to call them the Red Scarf Union, up in the cheap seats, making the most noise. Uh, I believe they call that right. section in Vancouver the Larshides, which is named after Tom Larshide, oh. their old play-by-play -play guy. And they make the most right. noise. And this is the chant that they had going last night. Bruce, there it is! Bruce, there it is! Bruce, there it is! Bruce, there it is! It's got a good beat. I can dance to it, James. Bruce, there it is. Yeah, I know you can. <laughs> and you're quite a dancer. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I'm sure that's a big day for yeah. you. Yeah, that you can groove. Um, 
Anyway, you know, it's not so bad, right? Going in as a new coach, right? You're going to get a lot of, you get sort of a three, four, five game deal, you know, where you're, you're going to be okay, regardless uh, of what happens. But uh, anyway, like I say, I love the guy. I, I really like him. And your sends, our sends, everybody's sends, three in a yes, row. Sir. Yeah. yeah. Three straight up? victories. What's up? And. I don't know. The, uh, none of them were convincing. The one against the Devils, a 3-2 shootout victory. That's the most convincing of the three, but none were convincing. But uh, there's no room right. for description on the score sheet, as they say, when you were going as badly as the Sens were. And when you think about, because, I mean, we were, we're just speculating at the end of the day. We're just speculating why a team struggles. Um, and COVID obviously can't be overlooked because tonight the Sens are going to get another game in, this time against the Islanders here. And the Islanders had COVID go through their team like crazy. Uh, so they yes. had last week, they missed two games, eight players with COVID. And at the same time, they're, well, they're worse than the Sens are, if you can believe it. The Islanders right now have lost 11 straight games coming off COVID. There's got to be something to it. It can't just be something you dismiss and say, all right, it was, it, they weren't symptomatic or anything like that. Clearly, when right. you look at the Sens and you look at the Islanders, even when you're double vaccinated, it clearly takes more out of a player than you think. Yeah. Remember, uh, do you remember when, uh, and I know you will, when I remind you, uh, Rick Bonus and Dallas going to the mm -hmm. final uh, in the bubble, and it was here in Edmonton. Uh, was it here in Edmonton? Yeah. Did, did they bubble? They bubbled uh, up, and it was Dallas versus Tampa in the final. Anyway, remember him after, right? They lost and they were interviewing him and we were right, you know, COVID of course was there. Um, and during, during the interview, he, all, he, was, he was really emotional saying to everyone, you just have no idea. Yes, we're high paid. Yes, the players are, you know, celebrity status and all that and make tons of money, but you have no idea how difficult this was being locked in a hotel right. room. It's just not normal, you know, and, and, he said it really got to him and it really got to some of his players, you know? So you, I kind of forget that, you know, it, it kind of seems now, um, you know, it's like, Oh yeah. Okay. Well they had a bunch of COVID, you know, but, but I remember back then I was like, yeesh, man, what, what the freak is going yeah. on here? What do you mean COVID? What, what's that? People are dying from it. And, and now it's just been so long, you know, that, that, the, the sense I'm getting is people aren't taking it as serious. So, so you, you give us a good reminder, right? This thing is still there. Uh, and of course, of course, it's difficult to, to do anything, to do anything right under, under the guise of what's happening. Yeah, And there, I think the right? NHL in uh, the bubble situation and the Rick bonus example that you give, I think it, that was an isolation issue. That was a mental health issue. I don't think there's right, any doubt about right. that. Cause like they had to play. I don't think all the playoffs that year were in Edmonton. I think it was maybe the conference final and the final, but they were all bubbles. Each, I think each division did right. their own bubble or something like that. Um, all fuzzy memories, but that was more of a mental thing. This thing is, I think, a true physical thing. Uh, there was obviously a right. quarantine involved right. with that, but at the same time, you're also dealing with actually getting COVID in these cases with the Islanders, and they're losing 11 straight and their record of five, 10, and five. The Sens, they've they're starting to get get it past them now. Like it's well in their rearview mirror, right. and suddenly they win three straight. Mm -hmm. So it makes you wonder. And the Islanders are a freaking good team. When you think about, you know, Lou Lamar. They were out of the gate pretty good, weren't they? Oh, no. Not like really, well, maybe a few games. I, I'm, but I, I mean, just looking yeah. at 
this this run they're on right now to lose 11 straight. And this is a club, speaking of the bubble hockey, they went to two straight conference finals before this year. Well, I think you make an excellent point. Um, you know, we were talking yesterday, of course, that this is the, you know, a, qu- a quarter of a way through the season, as you call it, the quarter the quarter season or whatever, right? Quarter that turn. It's the quarter turn, which is the time of firings and rehirings and, and moving coaches around and, right? It happens, right? It happens. That's about when, when they start to make changes, right? Vancouver, right. of course, you know, wiping everybody out. Um, so, you know, generally, right. You begin to analyze the, the whole seasons and, and then you forget. So you bring up a good point. It's like, okay, but this COVID thing, man. Okay. So, so some teams got to get a break, Stevie, you're right. You know, yeah. they gotta, they gotta get some leeway here. Yeah, and, and, and these guys didn't have COVID because the Sens went on some insane bad run as well. Losers of 13 of 14, something like that, before they'd won three straight. And uh, it makes me – makes me what maybe the first part was, okay, we were bad for a long time. We're stressed. Right. Stress equals lowering of immune system, and maybe somehow that plays into it. I don't know exactly, but uh, certainly it's uh, very interesting to see that uh, two teams that were – more were expected of, more was expected of both these teams – and both of them have a very large COVID outbreak, not just uh, concerns, not just quarantines, but actual positive diagnoses. And so, uh, yeah, there's got to be something to that. Yuck. Uh, flip, yeah. Flipping it over to, uh, and by the way, the Philadelphia Flyers lost their ninth in a row last night with their new head coach, Mike Yo at the helm. So they still have some work to do. And they gave up seven goals in the process. So mm. unlike the Vancouver situation, it wasn't an instant fix nor do I think that uh, the Canucks should be planning their parades anytime soon. Uh, in Toronto, meanwhile, uh, there's uh, injury issues and suspension issues, potentially. I was kind of waiting to, to record today, thinking the Jason Spezza suspension news would be out. I can assume he's going to be out for at least a few games, maybe as many as five, could be more, for that kneeing incident the other night on uh, Neil Pionk of the Winnipeg Jets in a very feisty game. So they right. lose him, and he's been very good for the Leafs this year. And Mitch Marner is going to be out for as long as a month with a shoulder injury. And uh, normally I don't, uh, I don't, uh, I don't worry too much about any uh, bad news. The Leafs get, but when it comes to Mitch Marner and we're two months out from an Olympics, then I start to be concerned because I think uh, even if you aren't the biggest Leaf fan, you have to acquiesce to the idea that Mitch Marner is almost certainly going to be on team Canada. So, yeah. And, and they're, and they're playing great, right? Leafs are playing great, right? But yeah, they are. And it just seems all too familiar, you know. When everyone starts to talk about when the Leafs they're out of the shoot again, pretty good. It's like, okay, here we go, here we go. You know, watch out for those Leafs. Mm-hmm. Ah, fuck, I don't want to watch out for them. <laughs> <laughs> are you telling me that you think they're going to have another year where they don't win the Stanley Cup? I I don't know. I I, I don't know, but because that's audio porn to me. Because I'm a Leaf fan. I I'm a Leaf fan, right? When oh I watched- my god, that's not porn to me. Well, when, 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 you know, when you're watching games that, that aren't, you know, my team, Oilers or Sens or something, I, I want the Leafs to win. I want the Leafs to win when I watch those games. But yeah. Uh, anyway, injuries. They've kind of painted themselves into a corner right now because uh, they're so close to that salary cap. So if they, they lose Marner, they're going to lose Spezza to a suspension. I don't know what the number is yet. Um, but they got a guy in the minors, Josh Ho-Sang. I don't know if you're familiar with that name. Lots and lots nope. of talent coming out of junior, but maybe too cool for school. He's um, He's been a kind of a difficult character. Um, at one point when he was with the Islanders, he decided, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wear number 66. 
Like, I mean, of, of the if you're going to go vanity number, you don't go 99 and you don't go 66. Everything right. else, pretty much up for grabs. If you're a rookie who's done nothing, you probably shouldn't be choosing number 66. But that gives you an idea that Josh Hosang thinks a good deal of himself. Yeah. So he's bounced yeah. around the league, and now he's in Toronto's organization. And oh, by the way, I think he has nine goals in 12 games in the American Hockey League. He'd be a perfect call-up, but the Leafs don't have any cap room, and he's on a minor league deal, so they'd have to sign him to an NHL deal, and they don't really have any money right now. So, Which is a fu funny thing we, to say about the Leafs. We won't get to see him. Probably not. No, yeah, I wouldn't think so. Now, Stevie... Uh, you may want to get to some other things. I've got to admit, I was flopping on the couch last night, flipping around the dial. Uh, you know, I, I I sort of do it at the end of my day, and I I watch TSN and I watch Sportsnet, and uh, it's the week of the Great Cup. Mm -hmm. And I thought, if Warrenzi isn't watching this, the show I was watching last night, and I'll tell you about it, uh, he would he would walk over broken glass to check out the uh I, I i think it's the top 10 gray cup finishes oh is, yeah in in sort of the history of the game uh and it's fantastic they do they do it very quickly it's not a long drawn out thing but it's 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 a top 10 or top 20 or something like that of all the cfl games going certainly you know going back to the 76 game with with gabriel yeah that was going to be one of my two picks. I have two picks for the number one. That would be Clemens to Gabriel, Ottawa beating Saskatchewan in 76. And the other one would be Saskatchewan beating Hamilton on a last second field goal by Dave Ridgeway in the 1989 Grey Cup. And it was a crazy shootout, something like 43 to, uh, yeah, 43 to 40, I want to say, something like that. Yeah, uh, they're that great finishes, is what it is. Yeah, they're yeah. great cups with great finishes. So they're, they're all cool, high drama. Yeah. Uh, Were either of those I, two number one? Uh, I forget. I forget. Um, <laughs> okay. You know, uh, but they were good. They were good, right? Yeah. I, I'm an Edmonton fan, right? Gizmo there was, you know, uh, Henry Giz, Henry Williams. Henry Williams? Is that it, Gizmo? That's him. Yeah. Uh, incredible. You know, he, he sort of single-handedly kept Edmonton in a couple of games. Um, I remember being at the goal line for a, a final play at the Grey Cup uh, in Ottawa in 1988. I was standing on the goal line as uh, I think it was BC trying to score on Winnipeg that year, and Michael Gray knocked down a pass at the goal line that would have won the Gray Cup, and I was right there about 30 oh, cool. feet away from it. It was pretty neat. Yeah, cool. Uh, another great one, because I was at, I, I think it was at, no, Kaharik, I was at that game, was in, in BC place when he kicked a, a fieldie. Uh, a fieldie? A win, he kicked a winning fieldie, yeah, for Edmonton. <laughs> but there was another great finish when BC won it, uh, da, 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 Pasaglia was that the, the legendary Louis kicker? Pasaglia, yeah, yeah. He had missed one to win the game, and then and then came back to kick another one to get another right. shot at it, and ended up winning. Uh, it was great. Damon Allen days, they were great. Uh, oh, I got one too. One that will be maybe never replicated. Like I just can't even imagine Saskatchewan. I think it, it, they lose to Montreal. And a too many men in the field. Last oh, second yeah, field yeah, goal yeah, yeah, for yeah, Montreal. Yeah. They missed the game-winning field goal. Saskatchewan wins the Grey Cup. Flag on the field. Too many men. Yeah, Montreal yeah. gets to get five yards closer. They kick the winning field goal. And Saskatchewan, the entire province, absolutely brokenhearted. You won't find 
a, a crazier, wilder, more heartbreaking finish than that in a Grey Cup. Yeah, and and you know, watch watching it. It's the same as Masters Week, right? They show the old Masters, same as Grey oh. Cup Week. I've, I I really enjoyed it. You should. It'll probably be on all week, uh, so you got to check it out. Um, and in fairness to, uh, I've I've always said you know they should they should change some rules. Let's go to four downs. Let's get the smaller field. Let's get the goofy extra point rules out of there and, sh- and shit like that. And people, you know, come come to the floor here and say, it's a it's our pure. You know, no, the CFL is the best game in the world. And I was ah, not really. But then when you watch that highlight package, you're gonna go, this is a fantastic game. Yeah. This is a this is a you know a great brand of football, man. Uh, so anyway, re- yeah, really and good. I, Check- I, I, my feeling on the four down thing has always been, let's give it a try. Why not? Yeah. Can't hurt to try. I can always go back to the three down and just you know we were they were, they were entertaining a merger with the XFL not that long ago. Um, I, I'm keen to see what things look like, and if it's an improvement, you roll with it. And if it's not, you can always go back. You mentioned right. uh, the Masters. We talked uh, in a recent episode about Tiger Woods and whether he'd get his career back on track. Well, he's seriously considering a return to the course for the PNC championship. Like oh. in like next week, December the 18th, it's a 36 hole tournament with the field, typically major champions and their parents or children. So it's not like you're, you know, going into a major here or anything like that, but right. obviously woods and his son, Charlie, um, that, that was something they absolutely cherished together. They, they finished up sure. seventh in the 2020 edition and uh, I guess one person familiar with Woods's progress said he would test it next week and make a call. So there you go. What the, good, re- that's how, re- good, good recovery. Yeah, good rebound. That's I'd say so. So that's pretty exciting. Check him yeah. out the press conference he had, right, where he talked. He was kind of funny and and um, you know emotional and and a softer tiger. You know, not quite the 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 freaky competitive drive. You know that he's had, but he was also huge, man. Like you check it yeah, out. I, he's jacked like his arms are like I noticeably uh looked at his biceps right and uh, like I say they're noticeably like bigger and I think it's because he's been was walking around on crutches for 60,000 months you know right when he did it so um, and knowing him he's probably doing doing curls in in the bed in the hospital yeah 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 uh but the other point of that thing it might be the DeChambeau effect you know who who oh, yeah like maybe he's looking at this guy going, okay, the guy's a, a monster, a freak. He put on, you know, multiple, multiple pounds of muscle, right? Well, everyone knows the story about DeChambeau. So maybe that might be some of it. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Boy, that, 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 that becomes more than curious, right? Tiger is thinking about coming back because in his press conference, he was sort of saying, well, I might play for, for you know, hits and giggles, Stevie, as yeah. they call it, right? Uh, I might do that, but. Uh, no, and that's kind of what this event is. That's kind of what this event is, right? Right. Hits and giggles. Right. But right. Uh, just to see him in any kind of event, any kind of co- competitive event, no matter what it is, it's great. And and we saw he put it out on Twitter himself, him shooting some balls, and he had that he had basically uh, like some kind of a leg brace all the way up his leg. Um, yeah, those a, tension tension yeah, socks that, or whatever. That's there, a better yeah. way to put it than the brace, a tension sock of some kind. Well, I saw him just looking normal in in normal gear and. Uh, that's probably a week after I saw that other video and he looked like he was ready for the tour. Like he right. just, he looks I fantastic. Yeah. He looks like he's got 
great club head speed. Looks like yep. he's got the weight transfer that you might expect might be a struggle when you almost lost your leg a few months back. <laughs> right. Yeah. Anyway, no, he's got the full rip. Yeah, he was taking yeah. full full swings. Yeah, that's awesome for golf. All, All right, on. let's take a, let's take a I time mean, out on the program and we'll talk about what was a wild NFL Monday Night Football game. One of the windier games you will ever see. And, uh, well, an offensive stat for the ages. How do you win a football game by throwing the ball only three times all night? We'll get to that mm -hmm. coming up after these words. What a year it has been. I'd like to take a moment to say thanks on behalf of All Insurance Ontario to all the listeners for their support and to Steve and Jim for keeping us entertained every day. And also, I'd like to wish everyone a safe and happy holiday season from All Insurance Ontario your modern boutique broker. Jim K. Ford has been serving Ottawa since 1982, one of the longest-running dealerships in the entire city. They've always been family-owned and operated, and their amazing team of professionals, from sales to service, is constantly training and improving to provide you with the best possible customer experience. And, of course, they're always ready to say yes. Check out jimkford.com or visit them at 1438 Uville Drive in Orleans. And James, my impatient friend, if you're yes, thinking sir. of buying or selling a home in the Ottawa area, we recommend the Glen Walton Real Estate Team. Glenn helped me sell a family home last year. He set aside a budget to help out with painting, cleaning, staging, and even updating our ceiling lights for us. And what a difference. He can do the same for you. We ended up with multiple offers, and the home sold for well over asking price. Call the Glen Walton Real Estate Team today. He's at glenwalton.com. So, James, the NFL Monday night are an absolute beauty. It was the game of the week. As far yes. as matchups go, AFC hype, East, right? yeah, AFC East bragging rights on the line. I think the Patriots had a one-game lead on the Bills, and Patriots come out with a fourteen to ten victory. To give you an idea, of the kind of night it was going to be. First of all, it looked like I don't know the Arctic or something, like just the big blowing snow when it started. The snow mm -hmm. wasn't during the game so much an issue, but in the pregame, it looked like it was going to be brutal. But certainly the wind was bad. And to give you a sense of the wind, the opening kickoff looked like it went about 50 feet into the end zone stands. <laughs> Holy yeah. moly. Yeah. And watching the guys kick in the pregame, you know, they'd kick it. Oh, that's right down the middle. No, it's in the over on yeah. the sideline now. <laughs> I know. Yeah. So bizarre. Was, yeah. So bizarre is right. Yeah. I, I, I watched it. Uh, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Big, no, I was going to just talk about a few things in the game. Um, and then the biggest thing because of the wind. New England clearly came out with a game plan. They had it already game planned to start the game with 10 straight runs. They divide, yeah. they basically had called them ahead of time. These are the 10 runs we're going, we're going with yeah. come hell or high water. And they pretty much stuck to the run game all night. They had three passes, three yeah. passes to go with 46 running plays. And that was enough to win the ball game. Like that's yeah, they were set crazy. Yeah, they were they were setting records with uh, obviously that stat, the least amount of passes in the game. I I don't think they made a pass in the first half, and maybe in the first three quarters they may not have, um, because I, I get it against the wind, right? It was too too out of whack, right, to try because the wind was I don't know forty miles an hour or some stupid breeze. But yeah. when they were with the wind, they didn't even do it either. So, yeah, I'll yeah, tell you what really though. I like I like a little more passing, Steve. Okay, I don't care what the wind is when I watch my NFL. Okay. Yeah, no, I tend come to agree. on. You're gonna run it again? Yeah, well, I mean, it, it, I'll say this: it it really does. I, I admire it 
I played enough minor football in terrible weather here in Ottawa in the <laughs> sure, yeah. borderline winter. I remember one time where I tried to dive at a guy, I'm chasing him and I dove and I missed him. And then I'm sliding on the field. It's all snow and slush and wet. And it's like m- minus five. And all the slush went right up the front of my shirt into my, oh, nice. right up against my skin. Like just, I didn't, there was nothing I wanted to do less at that point in time, even though I love to play football, than play football. So these guys that they're willing to, even the money they're making to go out and and still be excellent in those types of conditions, how can you not have deep respect for that? Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, uh, yeah, it was something else. Yeah. Yeah. To watch it was, like I say, it was kind of boring, but then going, okay, I get it. Bill Belichick, you know, okay. Got, got the, got the, we're going to play a little like unexciting brand of ball here. And then win the game. Yeah. And then the yeah. question to the Buffalo guy, Steve, from the reporter, not happy. Um, no, he wasn't very happy about that. And before we get to that, I think that a who's your daddy thing might come along, you know, before long, next time the game is in New England between the Bills and the Patriots. Like I said earlier in an earlier episode, to have waited for as long as the Bills have for Tom Brady to go away and that, that duo to stop right. dominating the AFC East, to stop looking up at them. They finally win it last year with a 13 and three record. The Patriots were junk for a year. And now all of a sudden they are the class of the AFC East, the Patriots I'm talking about. And that's got to be pretty discouraging if you're a Bills fan. Uh, Yeah. But you mentioned the news conference afterward. So this is in Buffalo uh, and Micah Hyde and Jordan uh, Poye. Uh, Jordan Poye is a good uh, read as a side note to this Poye uh, did one of those Players Tribune articles. He's recovering alcoholic, and oh, he's right, uh, right, yeah, right, he, right. Yep. he's the uh, defensive captain for the Bills. So good read there. Uh, as a side note, but Hyde and Poirier were not very impressed when a Bills media member asked this question. I mean, what kind Boy, of question? what are we doing, bro? What kind of question is that? Uh, I think we. I think keep, we keep that. Up. Keep uh, seven points. Yeah, we, 14, uh, four, fourteen. Fourteen to fourteen. Fourteen to ten. Is that the final score? We made stops when we had to. They had one big run. I mean, they got good backs. They, yeah. All right. Um, they kept coming back to a couple of runs. I mean, I don't know how you want us to answer that question. That's funny. Well, I'll, we'll remember that. I'll remember that. This this goes in this respect. It's all about respect. I come here every single week and I answer your questions truthfully, honestly. I appreciate you guys. Don't do that. Don't do that. Okay, so that was Poirier talking at the end there. He in particular was not very impressed. He thought it was a disrespectful question. And as he mentioned there, like I come here and answer your questions every week respectfully and you kind of do me like that. Not cool, dude. Not cool. What did you think of the question? Was it out of line? Because, you know... At some point, what did he say? What did he say? Like, are you embarrassed that you lost yeah. to a team that never threw the ball or something like that? Yeah, sorry, it was hard to hear, but it, yeah, the media member basically said you embarrassed that you lost a game in which uh, you know so few passing plays were called, and they took great yeah. offense to that. Would you? Is that reasonable to take offense you know, to that? Here, here's my take on that stuff. Okay, uh, it may piss you off, right? The question. It may. It may be frustrating, right? It may be. It may be. You might. You might feel. Uh, maybe the guy's insulting a little bit, but, but they got to stop with Stevie, you know, don't disrespect me like that, man. That, you know what it, they're, they're, they're talking like they just, 
they just, you know, finished a triathlon and some guy comes up, stuffs him and says, you know, you're, you're not very good, man. You know, you didn't, you didn't do very well on that. Right. And that's kind of a dis e- easy on the reporter being disrespectful. He's not being disrespectful. Okay. He's trying to get an angle on something. He's trying to ask a little different question and it's not bad. It's not a bad question. You know, how do you guys, how do you guys, you know, that was kind of weird. You lose a game and the guys never pass the ball. Are are you embarrassed by it? And you know, you, you got to lighten up, player. You got to lighten up. You know, so I'm uh, I'm, f- I'm siding with the reporter. I you know the players just gotta you know, don't disrespect. He's not disrespecting you. You got tons of respect. Okay, professional athletes get tons and tons and tons of respect. Okay, more than anybody, Stevie. More than anybody. Okay, they're lauded. They're they're they're, you know, they're they're mentors of everyone they get you know ton, tons of exposure to being great and you know so e- easy and no one's disrespecting you dude okay he's a yeah. freaking sports reporter writing a story okay yeah easy the, the word embarrassed is basically the reporter is accusing them of the, you did something tonight you should be embarrassed about i think that's what their issue was i think the reporter if he had his druthers he'd probably like to word it in a different way but he's just trying to get it, uh, you know, get a reaction from them uh, for his column about what was a very unique circumstance. Like you don't win football games by throwing the ball only three times. And from their perspective, the, the player's perspective, I get them taking offense to it to the gr- degree of like, I'm not going to be embarrassed when we lost a game and only allowed 14 points. Right. That's not a bad right. defensive performance. So don't come at me with embarrassed. Um, but at the same time, you know, at some stage, you must have realized as a defensive unit, whether it was the players or, or the defensive coaching side, um, they're not passing the ball tonight. You can pretty much stuff that box uh, right. and and stack that lineup instead of just, uh, you know, uh, I mean, they, they allowed them to move the ball enough without throwing it. And that's almost unheard of to, to allow a team with almost with virtually no passing whatsoever to allow them to win a football game. There is a little bit. I mean, well, that, that, this, this at least notorious. Whatever word you want to use, it's not very good for a defense. Well, it, it, you know. On the other hand, okay. So I'm, you know, I'm saying, you know, the reporter's not disrespecting you. But the other, the other th- side of that is, you know, asking a asking a player after a game if he's embarrassed is kind of a dumb question. It's kind totally. of dumb, right? Of course, I'm not embarrassed. Of course, I'm not embarrassed. You know, I'm disappointed. Uh, you know, the weather, Steve, is like a 50% factor in this thing, right? It's, you know, it was nuts, right? And so to say, are you embarrassed about any, you know, asking an athlete after any game, you know, are you embarrassed? No, you know. Yeah. Shitting then, my pants, okay, on the field, that's embarrassing. Oh, totally okay. embarrassing. Yeah, totally embarrassing. You've been okay, there, that, right? That, yeah, that's I've done that all the time, you know. <laughs> that, that's I know what embarrassing is, <laughs> Well, let's be honest. I mean, football teams are clique. They, they, they can be cliquey if the if the defense is going well and the offense isn't, right? So that can yeah. happen. So that's probably, if I know some defenders, they're asked that question about embarrassment. It's like, how about, uh, how about asking our offense if they're embarrassed scoring only seven points tonight? How about that? Right, right, right. You know, our go- goaltenders, right, where they get, they get pulled, you know, because they let in a quick three or four or something like that and, yeah. you know. You can, don't ask me if he's embarrassed. Okay, I, I think I probably know the answer to that, but but you're using the wrong term there. You know? There you go. So you've come around. 
Yeah, I've come around. Yeah, exactly. Delighted to hear it. Delighted to hear it. Nice to be on the same page as we wrap up another show. We'll be back with final thoughts after these words. With dozens of huge insurance companies fighting for your business, rates are incredibly competitive. That means you're better off selecting on fit rather than premiums, since they're all pretty close. Are you a client with a boat and a cottage or rentals and investments? Let's work together to find the right fit for you. Text 8606008, All Insurance Ontario, your modern boutique broker. Hey, hey, Jim K. Ford is your home of the all-new Ford Maverick, designed to seize the day. This beautiful truck is built Ford Tough and gives you the best of both worlds. Compact on the outside, but still big enough on the inside to seat five and store all of your stuff. Not to mention the cool 8-inch touchscreen on your dash to help you get your work done. Learn more and pre-order the all-new Ford Maverick today at JimKFord.com. I'm glad we're on the same page as we close things out today. Don't forget our website is stevewproject.com. I want to thank you for being with us. Uh, by the way, should also mention we have been playing around a little again with our publishing times. So you'll be noticing that we are putting it out basically same day. We record early to mid-afternoon and put it up almost immediately. So we think that makes the show fresher. We'd love your feedback if it's bugging you. If you like it, we'd love your feedback on it. Uh, Steve W. Project at Outlook.com. James, any final thoughts as we go? Yeah, I do, Steve. Aren't you embarrassed? <laughs> Maniscalco. Okay. How? You got it. Yeah, you got it. yeah I'm what leaving everyone with a little YouTube homework. Go charge. Is nobody embarrassed anymore? <laughs> <laughs> Taking a selfie in a bathroom? You know, uh, anyway, <laughs> check it out. Sebastian Maniscalco. It's really All right, good. Let's get out of here, and that's good internet homework. We'll talk to you next time. Yeah, good night, everybody. We'll see you. Thanks for being with us on the SWP. Please subscribe today and share the show with your friends and followers. We're at stevewproject.com.